Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Welcome, everybody, to Life in 22 Minutes. I know we say this every time. We're so excited about our guests, but this one we've been saving. Uh, this month is uh, February, and this podcast is coming out on the 22nd. Everybody knows my craziness about numbers, and we've met a guy that's just as crazy about words, and hopefully he can tie my little craziness of numbers into this podcast. We've saved him for this day because he is amazing, and uh, so welcome with us, Kevin Hall. Wait, wait, wait. Before we turn the time over to Kevin, I just want to give a little bit more of a background. Kevin is the author of my very favorite book, Aspire, Discovering Your Purpose Through the Power of Words. He and his beautiful wife, Sherry, are the parents of six children and eight grandchildren. Kevin, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule to, to be with us today and inspire our listeners with, your, with the power of words. Thank you. I, uh, I'm thrilled to be with you and Scott. The Macintosh is two of my favorite people. You do incredible things. You've been very helpful to me and others. So anything that we can do on this call to help someone get on path and on purpose. My book is Discovering Your Purpose Through the Power of Words. Let's bring it on. Let's jump in <laughs> and say, how do you do that, right? I mean, can I just say one thing, Scott, because people say, does your purpose find you or do you find it? And the answer is what, Scott? Well, the, I mean, if your purpose finds you or you find it, I think uh, your purpose, well, I don't know, if you make yourself available, your purpose will find you. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little confused on this question. You did it. You, you got it right. The answer is yes and yes. Yes and yes. <laughs> nice, nice. Those are my kind of questions. I can get they those are. right. I'm trying to make it easy. Purpose <laughs> comes from propose. When you propose what it is that you will do with your unique God-given gifts, I'm a person of faith. And then you act on that proposal. That's the very moment that you get on path and on purpose. It really isn't as complicated as we make it. When you say, okay, you know what? I have this gift or gifts. Here's how I'm going to serve others with them. You couldn't have a gift without having a giver. When you open your gifts, you honor the giver of those gifts. And I've watched it with you too. It's so fun to see people discover their greatness. They're not just gifts. They're gifts of greatness. Not always easy, is it? I mean, it's not always like everything is perfect. But when you tap into your gifts and serve other people with them, you start living a purpose-filled life. And your path gets wider. You're not walking a single track, trail. You're not, you lo- I know you love to hunt, Scott. You're not out in this little bush. It widens and you bring more people with you. And that path becomes, it's like the Autobahn. Now it's wide, and there's no speed limit, and you can drive the nicest car you want. So purpose is really important. Oh, that's huge. And, uh, and, and you made me nervous for a minute when you said I could take all those people with me hunting. I hope they're quiet. But Post <laughs> <laughs> your favorite place for those big 7x7 seven seven elk cars. There you so go. There you go. be there before you get there. <laughs> I was just thinking uh, how spectacular it is to have you because when you say tapping into your purpose and 
And you've mentioned before that when you get on path, then you will run into people, come across people in your path who have been waiting for you their entire lives and you for them. And so having said that, I think of some of the people that we've met. We've had Emmanuel Kelly on our podcast. We've had Chantel McBride. We've had so many amazing people in our lives. Immaculate Ilabagiza, my meeting of her, and I've spoke of her and how emotional that was. And uh, Chad Hymas, all these great friends that we've been able to uh, cross paths with were because you got us on path and tapped us into that by meeting you. So thank you very much. Well, that's fun to hear those names. Those are just incredible people. And I think every one of those, from little Emmanuel, who's not so little anymore, he's doing big steps and sang with Coldplay recently when they honored his mother. Just think of that and how you have really reached out and helped him. And, and his path is getting bigger and bigger. He's on purpose. You know, he, he's on purpose. Chantel, they don't, they don't come any better than Chantel and the good that she does with her boot camps and just her kindness and her positivity. Uh, we just had Chad Hyman speak at our Genshai Life Master event. Oh, my goodness. Chad is not even. My daughter was there. She was there when Chad came to our home when we lived in Sandy. And he wanted to. He was an aspiring speaker. And she's heard him before. He said, I've never heard. I've never heard Chad like that. And it's because he's grown. Yeah. And he's yeah. on purpose. And and there's a, there's a level of depth with his message that's just incredible. Immaculate, you know, is, is the same way. And for her to find her purpose in a three-by-four-foot bathroom with seven other women over three months, pretty amazing. So, yeah, it's incredible that you stayed in touch. And I know that uh, what you're sharing in these 22 minutes with those listeners, they're lucky to be able to have this content you provide to them on a regular basis. So what questions have you got, Becky, Scott? (laughs) Oh, we have so many questions and and things that we would love to talk to you about and wish we had hours and days to to cram it all in. But let's just start with the word Genshai, which is my very favorite word. And I've talked about it on several different episodes, but you are the person I learned that word from. Let's just start there with Genshai. You know, just quickly, I think, and Stephen Covey, you helped me with my book, Aspire, who wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I remember once describing that word to him as I worked on the book. It took me four years on the book, and he and I would talk regularly, monthly, sometimes every other week, sometimes every couple of months. But I remember telling him about Genshai, and it comes from the East. It's in the sacred writ of one of the most beautiful countries in the world, from India. And it means that you would never treat another person in a manner that would make them feel small. You don't do it to somebody else. You don't let somebody do it to you. But above all, you don't do it to yourself. And that's the big thing. You don't treat somebody in a manner that would make them feel small, including yourself. So there's just so much in that one little word. I remember describing that to Stephen. He said, Kevin, because he studied religions from all over the world. He would read or scan a book every single day of his life. Just an amazing leader. And when Stephen talked in one sentence, it was like an entire page or a chapter. He didn't waste words. But he said that day, that is the most transformative word that I've ever learned. And it is. Because you don't see the world as it is. You see the world as you see yourself. And the way you treat yourself reflects in the way that you treat others. It's the ultimate love, charity, Word. We just came out of this week, Valentine's Day. And Valentine's is the, you know, that day of love. Well, Genshai says you got to love yourself. 
believe in Indo-European, L-I-E-V means love. So if you believe in yourself, you love yourself. When you be love, your whole world changes. That's when you start to get on path and on purpose. So I would say that's the foundational word for getting on path and on purpose. And, and if you have people that are in your life that they don't lift you, they don't inspire you, you should create barriers that people can't treat you small. And you need to be really careful with your words because every thought you think and every word you speak creates your future. Sometimes we'll say, oh, I'm so dumb, I sliced that ball, or I'm an idiot, or I did this, or that's stupid. You could take a professional athlete, take Andre Jordan, um, who's not the best free throw shooter in the world. He's been under 50%. He just got over 50. You could take one concept and change his self-talk by saying, that's like me every time he makes a free throw. And this is Shad Hempstetter who wrote, what do I say when I speak to myself? Every time he makes a free throw, I say, that's like me. Every time he misses a free throw, or any time any of us in our life do something that doesn't work just right, we say, that's not like me. And then I've added, next time I'll do it right. I can promise you, anybody on this call could be a professional sports psychologist with a professional athlete and improve their golf swing. If they're hooking or slicing it, free throw shooting, just by sitting next to someone when they do it right, that's like me. Because your mind picks it up and says, that's like me. Again, I don't see the world as it is. I see the world as I see myself. And one of the other words I love is namaste. Every person on this call is an unrepeatable miracle. Nobody's ever been like you. Nobody's ever born like you. In a forest of 100,000 trees, no two leaves are alike. So when we start to see our uniqueness and our giftedness and then align those with what we do every day, now the world is different. And we start to see the world as we see ourselves. And it gets bigger and brighter and better. I love that. And another word that coincides with Genshai, and as you become to treat your, yourself with divine love, is the yes. word gratitude. Share with us about that word, gratitude. Boy, good memory, Becky. Gratitude literally comes from grace, and grace means divine gift. I really challenge everybody on this call to choose a word that you want to live into this year. And, and gratitude be a heck of a word because we get what we focus on. What we focus on expands. What we think about, we bring about. Those aren't my words. That They've been around forever in ancient writ, in divine writ. But when you say, you know what, I'm going to be grateful, and somebody does something really well and you go up and congratulate them, you will receive what you desire for others, but having that gratitude and that grace, you're actually giving yourself a divine gift. Why would you not have that? And then you'll start to surround yourself with better people. As Jim Rohn said, we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. You want to change the trajectory of your life? Change who you're hanging around with. And I'm not saying throw somebody out of your house. I mean, <laughs> relationships, all things are hard. You've got to work at it. But you deserve to be around people who are positive, who are productive, who are making a difference. And my two tests would be Genshai and gratitude. If you're around people who are grateful and they live big and they treat other people in a special way, when you're served something at a fast food restaurant, a drive through you go to the coffee place, next time just look somebody in the eye. Look, read their name tag. Remember their name. You catch their eye. Michelle. And they stop. There's five other people waiting for them. Thank you so much for how you took care of this order. You really did that well. I really appreciate it. They will stop that sense of gratitude and Genshai. It, it can make a difference in their day, and then it makes a difference in your, your day. We just had 
uh, Brandon Steiner, one of the top sports memorabilia gurus in the world, come out and speak at our event. And Brandon is amazing. He grew up in Brooklyn, tough life. Now, I mean, now he's he's around top athletes from all over the world. You know what he does every day? He does two random acts of kindness and two thank you cards go in the mail by 11 a.m. every day. He can't start his day. And it might be buying somebody lunch in line. You can see that maybe they're looking in their pocket. You might read it wrong. You say, pay for that lunch for that person three behind. He goes out of his way to do random acts of kindness and write two thank you cards. What do you think happens in his life? Just like the windows of heaven open up because givers get and takers lose. And that's the law of gratitude, and it's also the law of Genshai. So thanks for asking about that word, Becky. I hope that helps. That does help. I know that when I choose to focus on gratitude or look for the looking for the good in every situation and in every person, that I feel an immediate shift. Yeah, I agree. And there's a shift. Because, you know, I'll be coaching someone. You've heard me say this. They're going, oh, I've got my foot on the gas pedal. I'm going so hard, but I can't get anywhere. What's happening? Well, your other foot's on the brake. And it's on those painful things in your past, so you've used your past as a hitching post. See, I wouldn't want to be defined by my worst moment. I've had bad moments. I don't think anybody on this call would want to be defined by your worst moment, by your heartache, by your biggest failure, biggest disappointment. When you really look at that, it doesn't define you. It refines you. But it only refines you when you unhitch from the hitching post, which is when we look at those things that were painful, hurtful, caused by us or others. you got to let go of that because now when I put my foot on the gas pedal, now I can look forward and make incredible things happen. But a lot of people continue to live in those painful moments, and it's a choice. We have a gift of choice every day that we can view every day as a new beginning and we can walk forward or backwards. But those that tend to spin their wheels and don't release the brakes and can't move forward, no matter how hard they work, they're hanging on to painful things by choice. And I'm wondering, why would you do that? So that gratitude becomes a shift. I now can focus on the present and the future. I'll learn from the past. I'll use it as a, as a guidepost, but I no longer have to be hitched up. That is a huge shift that can take place in, in, in our lives when we do that. And we all sometimes resort. We have a story. We want to tell that story. We want that story to be right. And we'll hang on to that story at all costs. Sometimes you got to let go of that story and rewrite your story. Just take out a new pen, set a new goal, decide for a new aspiration, and you, you're, you're off and at it. Dreams are free, so free your dreams. Van Gogh said, I dream my painting then I paint my dream. No matter what has been painful in the past, you have a new beginning right now in the morning. I love it when the sun goes down. I can't wait for the sun to come up in the morning. I thought I don't really love it when it goes down because I want more time <laughs> in the day. But you have something to look forward to. That's a thing, Scott, this forward looking. If you read Victor Frankl's work in Man's Search for Meaning, and there was a lot of, I mean, serendipity, luck. I mean, he could have died 10, 15, 20, 100 times. But he did say that those people that were forward-looking, that said, I have a work, I have someone to love, I have something ahead, they're the ones that, given all the other circumstances, that they were some of the lucky ones that made it out. Now, I'm sure there were people that were forward-looking that just by circumstance didn't make it out. But if you were not forward-looking in the darkest of chapters, you know, he, he could tell. He could tell when someone was about to die by one thing. They quit giving. 
That's what I want. They quit giving. And when you quit giving, you quit living. They would quit giving a piece of bread or a tap on the back or a smile or just a look in the eye, just a little something, warmth, a word of encouragement. When you quit giving, you quit living. And so your gifts aren't about you. Your purpose isn't about you. Being a leader, being a pathfinder, that's not about you. It's about giving those gifts, sharing your purpose, being that leader that illuminates somebody else's path so they can see their own. And when you do that, you see your path more clearly. So I think that's a key part of all of this. When we get on path, hey, we're serving others. And you realize, hey, this isn't really all about me. It's about those that need my gifts, that need my purpose, that need my leadership for this period of time. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I got to ask you a question, though, because you have a, a chapter called Passion. And and I just love your explanation of passion. Will you just touch on that briefly? Thank you. Well, and it's not my 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 definition. It's it's really God's. I mean, words came full force in whatever language that they came from, and that that term came from the 12th century. Uh, Judaism has a term for passion. Viktor Frankl said, "What is to give light must endure burning." Christianity in the 12th century said, "Passion." Like you said, "I'm gonna do what I love." Yeah. Yeah, you can do what you love. And why would you want to do something you don't love? We should do more of that. I ask three questions. How can I bring more joy into my life each day? How can I become greater at what I'm greatest at? And then again, the giving, how can I best serve others with my greatness? That's a lifelong mastering process. But now when you come back to passion, you say, this isn't just what I love. It's being willing to suffer and even sacrifice, which means to make sacred for what I love. And so if you don't go to Passion Play in April and you go over to Europe, where we're spending a lot of time now, we were there for several weeks in the summer, I'll be back there again a couple of times this year, you'll go to Passion Play. And a Passion Play in April reenacts the sacred suffering of one for what he loved most. So Passion says, yeah, yeah, I'll do it because I love it. But I want to ask young people, are you willing to really pay the price? Because it's never as easy as it looks. You know, the things that you've done, being on TV, the hot pants that you wore, Scott, all the things <laughs> that you've done. Everybody's, oh, they're so lucky, and they just showed up on this stuff and everything. Oh, really? No, no, never, ever, ever. And I think it ought to be that way because passion says if I set a goal that is mutually beneficial, it doesn't just serve me, it serves somebody else. And it aligns with my unique God-given gifts. And then I pay the price. I pay the price. There's nothing that I can't achieve, but it, it needs to serve somebody besides yourself. It should align with your gifts of greatness. And if you're willing to pay the price, you know, we just had Rudy speak at our event. Rudy, you know, I gave him a hard time. Rudy, 27 seconds, one tackle. You're getting thousands of dollars to speak all the world. You're milking. It's a scam for 27 <laughs> seconds. How can, you, how can you be out there still doing it? But the persistence and the passion. He did, did, you know, it didn't matter. Even his movie, when they went to make the movie Rudy, he sat down at the screenwriter, the screenwriter didn't show up. He ends up at his house because a postman says, who are you trying to meet? Oh, I served the mail there. He follows the guy there. The postman drives off. He knocks on the door. The guy who wrote Hoosiers answers the door. Rudy, what are you doing here? He said, what are you doing here? I thought we had lunch three hours ago. Well, I'm kind of busy and I can't write your story. And Rudy said, well, Why? He said, number one, I love your story. No, he didn't say, number one, I love your story. He said, I'm from Michigan. I hate Notre Dame. I don't want to be a sports writer, that genre. I can do other things besides Hoosiers. And I'm really busy right now, but I do like your story. He told him four or five reasons why he wouldn't do it. 
Those with passion do, those without passion try. What do you think Rudy heard of all those things? He heard, I love your story. <laughs> what do you heard? Yeah. If you're in sales, if you're a sales professional, focus on what you want, not on what you don't want. And several years later, that writer wrote the screenplay. And, you know, there aren't too many people that haven't seen or heard of his movie, Rudy. But just this little ordinary guy, but he had passion. And he treated people well. I mean, he treated the equipment managers. He, tre he treated the janitor, the maintenance workers, so that he could even get into that state. He didn't even go to Notre Dame when he was practicing with the team. Like, where do you go to school? He'd point somewhere. <laughs> like, it was on campus, and he's way off of campus. <laughs> he got it done. Passion will always find a way, Scott, doesn't it? It always does. It's never as easy as we want. It's not immediate. But then what we do becomes painfully sweet. And the pain is soon forgotten. That hitching post, what hurt, it's soon forgotten. And the memory of the victory, the triumph, the contribution, it lives on forever. So I love passion, you know, with Genshai and gratitude. There's not a whole lot you can't do in life. You know, Kevin, we are approaching 22 minutes. It goes by so fast. We could spend hours and hours with you. Thank you so much for sharing the, the meaning and purpose behind the word Genshai and gratitude and passion. And what are some parting words and thoughts that you would like to leave with our audience? And, and also let them know how they can get in contact and touch with you. Oh, I don't care if you can find me. I'm just Kevin Hall, author of Aspire, but I want to finish with this. Namaste. Namaste to Scott and Becky McIntosh because you're doing incredible things. I so admire the difference you're making in the world. And to every person listening to this call, Namaste says the divine in me salutes the divine in you. I salute your greatness. I salute what you do best. I salute your uniqueness. And if I'm going to salute that, it's time that you start embracing it, recognizing it, and saluting it yourself. Namaste, my friends. Thank you. Thank you, Namaste. Kevin. Namaste. Yeah, you're awesome. Goodbye, Kevin. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us. And please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.